Hello and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles. You are listening to the Quarantine Podcast Edition. As uh, most of you know by now, McAllister College and the WMCN studios are closed for the spring as everybody's on lockdown. So we are keeping the rock and roll going on Blast Beats and Bicycles by throwing it up on our podcast stream. You can find that at blastbeatbikes.com or on SoundCloud at Blast Beat Bikes. And so uh, we're very excited to have in the studio with us the boys from Flock Nation, the Blackbird Bridge Band. This is Blake, Mike, and Troy. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you Great for being to have you here. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about the band first. Can you guys each introduce yourself and what you do in the in the band? Well, <laughs> my name is Blake, <laughs> and I play bass. Uh, Mike got do vocals along with our and guitar and vocals. Blake does vocals as well. And Troy, you are the man with the hammer, am I right? That would be correct. Yep, I I play drums. Excellent. So, how long have you guys been together? Uh, uh, officially or four years. Blake and I, I kind of. Started a little something before we we found Mike again, but I would I don't know about four and a half years, almost five years maybe. Yeah. And what was the in, initial impetus uh, for getting the band together as Blackbird Bridge? That was um, me reaching out to Troy and uh, inviting him over to the studio to just uh, really initially just jam. Um, and see uh, if we could uh, derive anything from it. I was playing with another drummer prior to Troy that um, wasn't really stirring my juices um, in my vision or a vision that I wanted to run. And I seen that um, Troy was possibly available so I gave him a ring and asked him to come on over to the studio and just sit down and jam have a good time see if anything happened and really after that first initial meeting I knew that that Troy was absolutely where I wanted to go and funny funny story about that though because when I first got the call from Blake I was actually living in Florida and he gave me a call out of the blue. It's like you should come, you should come play. You should, you know, we should get together. We should meet up. And I'm like, dude, I'm 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 in Florida. I mean, that'd be a that'd be a hell of a you. And he, but I said, but, but and the funny thing is that we were in the my wife and I we were in the process of getting ready to relocate back to the metro area. And he's like, well, call me, call me, call me. And he he was professionally per- persistent in enough where he gave me some room to to, to think about it because honestly. I hadn't played drums in almost a dozen years. I had I had done some DJing after I stopped playing in a previous band, um, but no chops. So I had all this anxiety and all this fear. And thanks to my my wonderful wife Jesse, she was like, "Did you call him back? Did you call him back? Did you call him back?" I'm like, "All right, fine, I'll call him back." So we call him back, and then I'm like, "Well, what kind of set?" And he just basically said, "It does boop boop boop. That's it. It's just just this little three piece set. That's that's all it does." So I, I, we set up a date and I went in and I was, I was just terrified just cause I, you know, we haven't played in over a decade. Um, 
you're always concerned about your chops. And my last remembrance of Blake playing, he was playing with another band that was just highly technical, very, very aggressive, just everybody on their chops. And I knew I was nowhere near there. But, you know, he started playing, and I didn't even think about it. I just started playing along with him, and it just it just kind of came out. Granted, it was rusty, and it was it was um, it was painful in a couple of parts. But um, I think we both knew at that point that hey, maybe maybe we should do this again, and it just it just kept evolving. Absolutely, Blake. How did you how did you come across Troy initially? I mean, how did you find his name in your musical Rolodex? Um. Through, well, the Minneapolis music scene that I ran in, it's very um, incestuous. If you know somebody, then somebody knows somebody, and somebody knows somebody. And I think my first initial contact with Troy, um, I was in another band, and he had befriended a drummer who became a drummer in a band we were playing in and through and I I, I I may be getting this all wrong but I think uh, through that drummer I was introduced to Troy um, and seeing and talking with him and finding out that he later on had gone on to play in other bands that I'd seen around town um, is that, am I correct in that? Troy? Yeah, that, yeah, I think we, I think we met probably in 90, nine, mid nineties, 96, 97 ish. Was it earlier than that? Wasn't it? Didn't, didn't, didn't it come here around 92 ish? Well, I brought him up in 92, but as far as, well, yeah, I guess we would have met probably in 93. Yeah, probably yeah, you, 93. Yeah, you knew us when we were in uh, Disturbed and stuff. Disturbed, so yeah. I remember picking Nick up at your apartment there off of, uh, was it LaSalle or Blaisdell? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I was, yeah probably, 90, probably late 92, early 93. And I met all of you through, at that point, every all the members of Disturbed at, at that point. Yeah. So, yeah I would that say, would be the, really the Minneapolis Disturbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably 25, 26 years. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, Blake and I have known each other since like '88, maybe. Yeah, somewhere '88, '89. Wow. We're old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm really curious to then see you know kind of what the genesis of the band, what the vision of the band was at that time. You know, well, or when you first got started, after having known each other for almost 30 years, uh, what uh, what made you decide to bring this uh, this concept together? I was itching to play. Yeah. Just getting together and making songs and just see what what happened, really. And it just kind of just took off from there. That's that's really cool. Yeah, and you know, and the thing is, we're we're still evolving. There there were some ideas in the inception of this that um, some 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 musical components that we want to add to it. That you know, even after all this time, we're it's still in the back of our minds. We'd like to. Add, incorporate some things that'll basically just broaden and expand our sound. Um, but that's absolutely the evolution of of a lot of bands. But it's it's something that we're definitely um, 
continually thinking about because I think the evolution of all music is, is just something that kind of happens naturally. Um, when you're, well, for me personally, it's happening, and I've watched it happen over the last five years just because what Blake, what Blake and Mike bring to the table, um, they're always pushing the envelope, and so we're always working hard to make sure that what we put out um, is, is worthy of each other, I think, and I think with that comes a natural evolution, but we're, we're definitely wanting to add more to it. So we're not, the band that you see today might not be uh, playing the same thing that we're playing today, so a year from now we'll definitely have evolved. And, and so do you, do you have a, like a target in your heads of where you think the band can go, or is it uh, you're letting the music sort of evolve organically? That's, I, you know, I, I would organic. say that. More organic? You know, yeah, what, what, what makes us happy in the studio should make anyone else happy. You know, and I, I play for Mike and Troy, as I think they play for me as well. You know, it's more Absolutely. what happens in the studio that gets our rocks off, and I think that is portrayed when we play it live that, you know, I'm getting into it, they're getting into it, you get into it. If you don't get into it, you don't have to, but this is what it is. Yeah, that or the whole organic component is, is very important to us. We, there's times that we have parts that, are, that, that we come up with that we are really cool in that moment only to come back and say, okay, then maybe it doesn't work for what we want to continue to do with it, so we shelf it and then you know, we record it and then bring it back, and then sometimes we just, it happens to work later. So it, if it doesn't feel right, we, we're very conscious of, of forcing things that we know ultimately may not work, and we're all pretty respectful of that. So it's like, yeah, we got a good part, but it just, it's just not working. So we only play with what works. You know, sometimes it gets a little quirky, and you got to figure out a way to make it kind of fit in its part because the part is solid, but... Overall, we just kind of let things happen organically, and it's 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 kind of fun that way because it's it's constantly evolving and constantly adding. Yeah, it's a song by song process, really. It's just uh, what's happening at that time. We don't really have um, some shining ideal that we're shooting toward. It's just uh, one one song at a time. And so, do you do you bring riffs into the studio with or into the recording uh, rehearsal space with you, or do you just sit down and start? Plugging in and jamming. When you're the combination both. of the two, yeah. Some, sometimes it's uh, it's uh, coming up just stuff uh, just to practice jamming. Sometimes somebody has an idea, we bring it in and then we tweak it. But um, it, the whole process is always collective. I don't think we've ever had a thing where somebody brought in like a whole song and said, "This is it," and then then it's finished. Um, it's just uh, <laughs> yeah. piecing ideas together. <laughs> Well, and, and and with with just three of you on you know in the band, it's obviously everybody's got a critical role to make the thing happen. And so you know if you're not all firing on all cylinders, you know if feeling the feeling a song, it's hard to bring that together. I would suspect. Yeah. Oh so yeah, those days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, because I don't play a stringed instrument, I have I have all these ideas running in my head and, and all these melodies and and. I have to, it'll drive me insane if I don't get it out. So when I go to the studio, I'll, I have, or when we go to practice, I'll usually get there a little bit early and work up a part that goes to it. And then I do my best to hum Mike or Blake a few bars of it and see if they can kind of 
create that audibly what I'm what I'm hearing in my head, and that seems to work pretty well. So it's like it, we all share ideas, and we all end up tweaking it a little bit to make it work collectively. But yeah, these guys are uh, they're great at helping me personally get what's in my head out so they can hear it. And, and so we, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, it's all kind of by consensus as well. I, we've never really got to a point where we're like, well, you know, two of us like it and one person doesn't. And we're going, well, well too bad for you. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all in agreement. So. And uh, how much of your time in, when you're rehearsing is, or is dedicated to creating new music versus practicing the stuff that you're going to play in a future set, let's say? Well, I think uh, once we get into, when we get our hooks into a new thing, we kind of, that's the flavor of what's going on. We'll go back and rehearse some songs just to keep our chops up, but when we really are cooking on the, a new vibe, our, it seems to be our new favorite thing to do, and we want to, you know, like, um, a piranha, we just want to keep feasting on it and, and, and molding it and, and just, evolving it and finding out where exactly where this, what trail are we going down with this? Is there another step to it? Or do we revisit this part here? Did somebody come up with another thing to add to it? Or do we tweak this here? You know, and where is, where is the end? I'm, we're on this trail together. Let's, let's find out where it goes. And then the next time we come to rehearsal, like, Hey, we haven't played this song in a while. Let's, Let's play this, you know, and yeah, revisit that. I think a lot of times the situation dictates because Blake is the mastermind behind getting her gigs and setting it up and doing all of pretty much the business side of it. So that kind of, that, that frees us all up, or Mike and I up, to, to not have to worry about that. So I guess it's, it's kind of conditionally upon do we have sets, do we have gigs coming up? Because then we get in and then there's a certain level that we want to, of, of both, musical endurance and physical endurance to, to play the kind of show we play. So if we have a gig coming up, we, 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 we put a lot of emphasis on making sure that we're solid. That mm -hmm. the show absolutely is paramount. But if we're in between gigs, um, there's times that we, that we'll spend a whole practice on, you know, a small section that would end up being a small section of a song. But in the end it's worth it because once that song comes out, then we're happy with it. So it's, yeah. It, it, kind of piggyback on what Blake was saying, it's, it's, we dedicate as much time as we have to it. If it's, if it's something where the juices are flowing, we'll run with it. But if we have gigs that are coming up, we, we focus on making sure that what we're going to be performing for, for the public is, is at a level where we're comfortable with. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked sort of generically about your process, um, but we haven't really talked about the, your specific style of music yet. Well, how would you describe your music to somebody who's never heard you before? <laughs> Loud. <laughs> um, honest, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a good word for it. It's, it, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's Blackbird Bridge. <laughs> it's not definitely a bridge. And we we didn't even we had our own genre, but it's it's I don't know. It, it people who listen to heavy music or metal music or death metal or any other genre within within the parameters of being somewhat heavy, uh, I think can take a little something from it that mm -hmm. that works for them. Maybe not in its entirety all the time, uh, 
but I think there's 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 components of what we do um, that that touch on music that people dig that listen to heavier music. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's aggressive. You know, I had a friend of mine recently ask me, or he told his friend, he's like, well, what what kind of metal are they? What are they? Are they death metal? Or they're like, it's it's dad metal. Because dad know, metal, dad metal. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty hilarious at the time. But I think about it, it's like, well, yeah, we're you know we're we're not spring chickens, but we can we can definitely run with the with the, with the younger kids. I think, um, but it's in essence, it's 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 truthful, it's honest, it's genuine. We own it and we play it like we own it. You know, some love it, some are like, eh, but it's you know. I think it appeals to people who like music that has an edge. Mm -hmm. And and you've put out one record so far, WE3, uh, back in 2017, if I am uh, remembering that correctly. Talk a little bit about how that first record came together. Well, it was a live recording that we did in our, yeah. we kind of did in our studio. Um, this guy, uh, Greg Christensen, came in with uh, his stuff and we basically did it live, um, you know, and then uh, kind of backtracked our uh, guitars and bass and then added vocals, and he just kind of tried to dial out any bleed-through, but <clears throat> it's pretty pretty basic recording. Greg did a really, really great job um, cleaning it up, and, you know, and it, it turned out pretty good considering how we did it. It's just all in one room, really, at the beginning. Had you had the uh, the songs pretty well dialed in before you started recording them? Oh yeah, we, we you know we we had we took we had a set and we just thought those were the five songs that represented what we were trying to do at the time and you know we said let's go with these and he set up the stuff and hit record and we went at it and then came back and added a little overlay of some stuff that. Thought it needed to be beefed up, and then sat down for a couple of times and tweaked it out, and said, "Okay, well, there we go. There now is. what? <laughs> Next. Next." <laughs> and so, uh, I'd like to give people a little taste of uh, of the music from that record. Um, I, I, w I thought it would be good to start with "Brick," which is the first song uh, out there. Can you talk a little bit about some of the highlights of the song uh, for for you guys? Michael. Well, I, that's I, my that's my that's my highlight. I'm sorry, I should have. <laughs> Michael just uh, coming after it. It's just a it's a strong song. We, I think we open the set with it here and there. Um, um, you know, each song kind of has its own merits, and I guess that's one of them. It's a good opener, and um, just you know, it's a fun song to play. And also when we we. It's, when we when we do play out live, our our mindset is we want to smack somebody in the mouth right away, and that's a that's kind of a good song to do it because it's 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 kind of old schoolish, it's kind of hardcoreish, it's it's a hint of punkiness, I guess. There's it's it's got some parts to it, but it's just go. I mean, and it and it, and it doesn't stop. It's got one little it's got one little spot in the middle where you know we slow it down. But then, as soon as that part's over, it's back up to full speed again, and it and it finishes the way it starts. It's just it's just straight driving. So that it's always fun. It's a good opener. 
Yeah, it's definitely a great way to kick off the record too. Uh, so let's uh, let's give people a taste of it. This is Brick by Blackbird Bridge. Blackbird Bridge from their debut EP, WE3. I've got Blake, Mike, and Troy in the podcast studio virtually with us this afternoon, and uh, we're talking about uh, their live sets, they're talking about some of their music that they've created, and getting to know the guys a little bit. Uh, gentlemen, uh, that song, Brick, it feels like, and you mentioned this kind of leading into the song, uh, Mike, it's, it almost has a hardcore feel to it. But yet, there's that little sludgy section about halfway through that is like the coolest, like slowdown, um, and it's a total divergence from the the rest of the song. I'm really curious to know about how you guys play around with rhythms and tempos within within your songs, and and how important that is to how you create. Uh, Troy, you are the rhythm Love man. <laughs> It's, I think it's one of those things that it's, we don't fan anything too long. Um, we'll revisit stuff, but it's, it, as far as tempo change and time change, it's never, we don't have a formula for how we write. We just like, we said previously, we kind of let things evolve. But I think as we've been playing together, uh, we recognize where cool things can happen or things that we think are cool that can happen, and we kind of call them a rug pull. Or they're going one direction, and as soon as you start to get it, it's like, whoop, 
And the reason, like, oh, pull the rug off in this direction. Pull the rug out. <laughs> so it's that, and it's something that we don't. We're never really conscious of saying, okay, we need to do something like that here. It just after writing together for a handful of years, it's just kind of you feel where a change needs to happen. And Mike's super creative with with his board predictions, and he talks me through. Um, I feel and timing. So we'll write. We don't write out things in a certain time signature. It's just this is what the riff calls for. But then we we like to mess around with how many times you do it and and how many times it should feel like this. And yeah, it it just it kind of evolves on its own. But uh, Mike's really good at mastering how things are timed out as far as time signatures and tempos. Yeah, often it's just it comes down to we're we're just we're working on on a you know a part and we're like you know this is just getting a little too long, um, just kind of keeping it interesting for for ourselves and and uh, just trying to see uh, what fits and you know unlike we said earlier, then often we have ideas that uh, just don't work but um, um, just kind of piece it together as it comes. Could be something from someone's kind of catalog with stuff that they've been working on at home or something else just pops up while we're practicing and we go, oh, that, that'll fit perfect right there. And so it, You know, it, 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 that, that difference, that, that rug pulling that you called it, I love that. I love that phrase. And it's so descriptive of what you do. And it feels like that's really a signature element of not only your recorded music, but your live shows too. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's really kind of an interesting element. And is that something that you, you thought that would be kind of a, a unique statement for the band uh, right out of the gate, or is this something that sort of has evolved as you've jammed together? Well, part of it is I think that's just kind of what we all kind of came from, um, you know, and, and <clears throat> bands that we've all previously been in, just kind of that uh, little bit of a technical component has always been, just a part of it, so I think it's just a, it's kind of in our uh, genetics, so to speak. Uh, that's yeah, just it's, how a, we it's do an it. interesting question. How, who are some of your influences as as individuals and as a band? Oh, they vary. <laughs> they, 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 they vary. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all just true fans of of interesting, obscure music, but we're also into well i can only speak for myself you know i i like things that i come from the thing of if somebody doesn't like it then i have to like it even more <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> model i like that <laughs> and so you talked a little bit about um i think it was mike you, you talked about wanting to hit people in the mouth right out of the gate um with the rest right, smack them in the lip. yep and I, I'm really curious to know how you decided to structure the the song order on that initial EP. Was did you have a flow in mind as you kind of put the songs together throughout the record, or was it uh, you know not quite as linear as that? Oh boy, that's a good um, <laughs> right. <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. I I honestly think I think we put them together as we recorded it. Am I wrong? Or was was there a, a definitive idea of how we were going to put the songs together? I just thought we, we recorded thought this one first. Mike, so. I thought you and Mike kind of worked on 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 which ones should go first. I, you know, I, 
I, I can vividly remember recording them, but as far as you guys position, getting them positioned how they are on the EP, I thought you and Mike might have worked that out. Because we wanted something strong in the beginning, but we're again we we're always conscious of of what's going to show best and where it would show best. I think that decision was between you and Mike. Honestly, I can't. I don't remember really having any input in that. I don't really remember. I, I think we just wanted a strong start and a strong end, and just kind of filled it in from there, basically. Mm-hmm. You so uh, take your guess. <laughs> you uh, you talked a little bit about the recording process that you used on that on that record. What uh, talk a little bit about how you guys set up your studio and and how you brought everything. Were you all in the same room and was it a jam type Absolutely. recording? Yeah. Absolutely. We wanted to we wanted the recording to represent what it would be like to be at a live at a, a live show and we did my couldn't uh, afford the luxury of going to a full blown out studio and our friend Greg offered to bring his uh, recording equipment into the studio and and go for it press press record wow and and uh, you you gave Ed Ackerson a credit on the on the record as well he's kind of a legend unfortunately passed away last fall what uh, what did he bring to the table on the recording he he. We brought it to Flower Studios for mastering. Mm-hmm. I've uh, worked and known Ed for quite a few years. Did some touring with him, and he's, you know, knowing him and his mastery of stuff, and knowing that he had the studio, I, you know, that was that was a no brainer to bring it to him, for me. Yeah, and obviously yep. working with somebody in a studio like that uh, who's got those those kind of chops can really add add that extra icing on the cake. And I also think it was a I also thought that maybe since the type of music we do um and him working in music that he likes to work with with all kinds of other people that he could bring another level of uh influence to it, you know with just being the outside eye and saying, well, this sounds good here, but what if we bump this up here and pull this back a little bit here and see what that sounds like there, you know, just having a little outside influence involved with it as well. Is is there a moment that you can remember uh, during the process of working with him that, that really stands out as an example of that? Uh, no, I can't really give you a, direct definitive answer to that. I just basically put it in his lap and let him tweak and I'd come back and listen to it. And there was a little time that me and Greg said, you know, well, this sounded good here, but we'll kind of try to drive towards this area here. And he would go back and retweak and send us back his ideas like that. So it was finally like, yeah, I think, I think you've hit it. But then, like you said, having somebody else, who's got an outsider's perspective on it certainly adds uh, something that you might not necessarily think of. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. you know, there's, there's kind of a, a path a lot of uh, bands do in town here when they record, and we wanted to do it kind of just our own way. Kind of. You guys don't like to be yeah. pigeonholed, do you? Not really. I, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, 
I personally like to stay outside the fray of that. I, you know, there's nothing. I'm just. I'm not being disparaging. Not anything. I, I just like to be personally say this is how Blackbird Bridge does it, and I'm comfortable with the way we're doing it. Yeah, it keeps us yeah, on our toes too. There's no, you know, there's not following kind of the formula and things. We just uh, it it keeps us sharp. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we never we've never we'll never disparage another band. Everybody's got their own paths to walk oh, in. God, yeah. and, and we we feel very comfortable and confident, um to almost a ridiculous level that this is the way we do it and we don't want to sound like everybody else. And you know, that's why we it's always hard to kind of depict how we sound for ourselves because it's something that's constantly evolving. So people are like, Well, what do you guys like? What kind of metal are you? It's like it's you know, come check it out. You make up your mind for yourself. We don't sound like right. this band. We don't sound like that band. We don't sound like this other band. It's we sound like Blackbird Bridge, and and I nice. hope that nice. advantage. You know, it's an interesting thing because we do have such a diverse and vibrant music scene in the Twin Cities. You know, there's all sorts of bands from all sorts of genres who are really doing creative things. And so on the one hand, that's great because you've got lots of uh, people to look to and say, oh, that's an interesting thing. Let me see how we could play that. Uh, but also you've got to do some really creative things just to stand out in such a, you know, vibrant environment, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think... Uh our little twist on it is just keeping the ferocity of our music to just three guys, um, just just three friends that somewhat think alike, but also have different ideas, and we bring it together, throw it in a pot, and come up with uh, you know a cacophony of craziness. <laughs> oh, you should trademark that. Okay. <laughs> Add to that is, is we pull it off. I think it's the live show. It's 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 you know we we've all got varied backgrounds musically, so we've been doing this for a long time. But it's it's where the I don't know where where the magic happens is is the live show when we're on point and you and you come see us live, even if it's not something that you you normally will seek out. The show is is it's enjoyable because I think people see the energy that we have amongst us, and we laugh at each other on stage, and we smile at one another, and then there's those parts where you play something and you look at each other and you're like, wow, that was, wow, that was really cool, you know. So I think I think people will pick up on that kind of natural energy that that is derived from a Blackbird Bridge show. Yeah, and the, you're, you're right. This town has all kinds of great music, and, and uh, we do like playing. Um, you know, we play in a lot of just all metal bills, but we'll we'll play with other other types of bands too. You know, it can be anything, and it's always fun. You know, uh, just playing for people who would never see you otherwise, and watching them enjoy it, and it's, a, it's always a good time. Yeah, keep it eclectic. Like exposing ourselves to new people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always good, right? To broaden your audience as much as you can, and you know, play with a bunch of different bands is a great way to do that. Every chance we get. <laughs> yeah. 
the uh, you know one of the songs on the on the record, and I know you guys don't play it much uh, live anymore. Um, that really kind of exemplifies that that eclectic nature of of, the, of your music is is Rise Robot Rise, and I'm a huge fan of that song, and I think it's largely because I'm such a nerd and I love sci-fi so much. Um, but uh, I'd love to play that for people just to kind of give them a sense of of what the broad nature of your your musical uh, style is. So what what do you hear when you guys listen to this song, Michael? Well, it's it, it, it is a different song. Um, I think this the this whole song I pretty much came just uh, through jamming at practice. I, I don't think there was anything that uh, anybody really um, brought to it. it. Just kind of came up out of the blue, and you know, I think we started with uh, the beginning, the intro, and it just kind of evolved from there. Um, well, I brought that new I brought that new effects pedal. Oh yeah, cool. Oh, that's right. That's so. right. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much where it started. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah. So, so the robot revolution starts with an effects pedal, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I think Blake, we can speak to the, the theme of the song. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I think Blake, Blake kind of came up with the, the, the whole uh, robot idea, and I think uh, a lot of the lyrics are his in there, so he can speak to that, I think, where he got that. That song was one of the f- first songs, Troy, that we got into, right? I mean, from the old studio in, in the beginning, yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was. But it's like, um, you come up with something and it feels good and sounds good, and it's just a matter of trying to find a home for it. But it was something that we that we that we both kind of gravitated towards that we liked playing because it was it was the intro was a bit I think in its inception it was a little mellower than than it ended up being but it was something that you came up with that I just put a beat to and we we kind of rode that for a while until Mike got a taste of it and then it started evolving. Well, I remember initially show, when we initially showed Mike, it's like okay, it starts like this and it goes into something like that. And immediately Mike jumped on, and I'm like, "Well, forget about it. We got this one down. Let's move on to another." I mean, it was like a no. It was it was a no brainer. It really was, you know. And, and I think musically, on that aspect, we kind of like keep it as people might think it's very technical and this and that, but it's like no, it's it's just Blackbird Bridge doing what we do. We kind of try to keep it as simple as possible. Our version of for the most part, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For the most part, I was going to say you're a fairly technical band. I don't know that anybody would use the word simple to describe what you guys do. It's I, I think because we don't go into it with the mindset or any forethought of I've got this really technical part. It should do this and it should do that. It it that never ever happens. It's just hey, I've got this part. And I think it's just everybody's interpretation of what the other person is bringing. And because we all have different backgrounds it, and we put our own little spin on it, that it ends up perhaps being somewhat technical when you listen to it. But it's like when you play it, it's like it's, it's really not that, it's not that technical. We're not like Juilliard school people. I mean, that's not, that's none of our background. I'm just, I'm just a drummer and I just, I play what I hear and, 
parts that I think I want to get right to serve the music better, I will always go to Mike and ask him, how do I count this out? And then he'll, he'll work with me on getting my drum part as far as the meter and the timing for it down, and then I can make it my own. But it's, I don't think we ever go into anything with any technical vision for it. No, it's never, never for the sake of just being technical. It's just a service song, really. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's give people a chance to listen to it. This is Rise Robot Rise off of WE3 by Blackbird Bridge. Blackbird Bridge.
Welcome back to Blast Beats and Bicycles. We are in studio virtually with the boys from Blackbird Bridge here in the Twin Cities, and you were listening to Rise, Robot Rise before that. Um, you know, we talked a lot about how that song came together. Um, it's got that very almost alt-rock feel to it. Um, but Troy, I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about your sound in particular. You've got a very uh, unique uh, snare sound in particular. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It really drives me yeah. your beat, I think. What, uh, how did, how oh, did you evolve heck that sound? Yeah. It, I've, it, it, the snare is kind of uh, that thing that amongst all my playing um, is that really, really stands out. And it's, and it's not so much. It's, when I play my snare, most drummers will hit the center of their snare. Mm-hmm. And for me, in wanting to push the volume and push that kind of, I guess, total quality of the shell and all of that. I do rim shots, I would say, 99% of the time. If it's just, if I'm just kicking a backbeat, I'm catching that rim with the full length of the stick along the head, so I get maximum projection out of it. And I use an amb- a Remo Ambassador uh, coated head, and it just, it adds enough of its own total quality that when you really crank it down, you still get a lot of resonance out of it. So it's, it's part of its technique, I guess, without being technical, but I think it's, it's just how I hit the snare. It's, it's nothing too crazy. I just make sure that I'm always getting that rim shot, and that basically maximizes the sound projection from it. And the tighter you have the head, you kind of get that nice fat ring to it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I changed heads recently, well, about a month ago, and I put on a different snare, and I thought I could, I was just going for something different, and everybody looked at me like, dude, where's, where's your snare? Put that back. So, yeah. <laughs> put that back. Yeah, I actually dug it out and put the old one back on just so we could get that sound. But, yeah, the snare's kind of, uh, snare's kind of my thing. Yeah, I, I say that thing is loud as hell, and really all our volume levels are all centered around that snare. <laughs> you guys got to keep up, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it really is, not only does it add the volume, obviously, but but to me, you know, watching you guys play live and and see listening to it on on the record, it just is a it really drives the aggression of the song. It almost makes you feel like you're pushing ahead of the rhythm almost because of that. Yeah, it's one of those things because I'm responsible for the meter of it all. Um, I think what we, what you'll hear on the, what you'll hear on the recording compared to what you would hear us practice compared to what you hear when you see us live, those are all three very different tempos. And it's not by design, it's just you know, when you're in the studio, we're, we're very conscious of making sure that we get it right. So we have a kind of a static tempo that things are played at. When we play in the studio, um, we've evolved um, as musicians and as a band between the time we put the, the, the demo out to where we're at now. Um, things are a bit faster. Um, we write a little bit faster. We play a little bit faster, a bit more aggressive. And then what you see live is just really just trying to rein it in from getting too fast because you're all amped up and, oh, my God, we're playing live and it's fun. Um, so you really have to 
manage how fast we play live because I think if if we didn't put the brakes on a little bit, it it would it'd be faster than you than you hear it now. But it's yeah, always something wrong look. with that. Yeah, Ferg is that look. Go go. You got hey, uh, Mike, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was with Blake, and he's like, "Hey, me, like, get it. Go on, man, get it, get it. <laughs> Come on, let's ride this horse. Let's do this." <laughs> As long as somebody's got their hands on the reins, you know, let that horse run, right? <laughs> yeah, absolute. <laughs> so what uh, what what would you how would you describe a, a live Blackbird Bridge show? I mean, what uh, what do you, what does the Flock Nation come to the shows for? Sweat. <laughs> are you are you trying to present something uh, specific to to people outside of just the music? I mean the. You know, Blake, you wear you wear a suit on stage occasionally, and so you know what what's your visual presentation like? Dress to impress. <laughs> um, we just try we just try to stay honest and true, really. Um, yeah. Just just bring it bring bring the music to the people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, it's 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 cliche to say we play to the back of the room and for all the ones that are downtrodden and blah, 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 blah. you know I personally want anyone to that comes to our show to leave the show as breathless as I am leaving the show just from sheer just ferocity and the enjoyment of, you know, it, it, I, I play for my band and the guys in the band and for the people who are just like into it, that not only are you at the show, but honestly, I want you to feel like you are in the show as well. You are just as important as Troy is, as Mike is, as I am to making this thing enjoyable. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it's a great it's a great vision uh, for for what you do as a as a band. I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, especially uh, well, a lot of times bands just get up there and play, and you know, I mean, yeah, they're looking to have a good time, but you know, to really bring the audience in in with you is is a special thing. I, 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 I would. I'm a hundred percent comfortable saying that every single show that we play, not not 80, not 90, but I think 100% of the time that we play, we leave everything on the table. We don't, we don't, we don't ever hold back. I mean, Blake has told me on several times, you know, we, we, we ride together, die together. If, if, if one person messes up, then you have the other person backing you up, and then we just work through it. But every show, we leave everything on the table, and, and we play our hearts out. We give every inch of everything we have for every song, for every minute that we play. And when we're done, we hope that that's something that's been conveyed to the to the audience, and 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 that they appreciate that. You know, that, uh, it's it's interesting you use the the phrase, you know, leaving it all on the table, so to speak, or leaving it all out there. Um, the song "Black Door" that finishes uh, the EP feels to me like a just a giant mosh pit in my ears. Um, what uh, nice. <laughs> what can, what can you tell people about that song before we play it for them? 
it was hard to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. So, uh, well, it's something, I think the beginning of it was, um, uh, with, with that song, I'd gone through this period where I just hadn't played very much at all, and I think I got a computer with GarageBand or something on it, and just playing with that is kind of where the, the beginning came from, and then, you know, then we all, everybody uh, did their, their thing, and we tweaked it to the Blackbird Bridgeway and added a bunch of stuff. And I think you and Mark, you and... You and Blake had that. You guys had. I must have been gone that weekend, or I was gone, or I, I wasn't part of putting that together. But I distinctly remember when I came back and you guys played it, and I'm like, "What the? Hell? What are you counting? I don't. I don't." It took a minute to get that pattern down, let alone figure out what's going to go into the bridge and what's going to go into the rhythm and what's going to go into all the part of it. it was, I just remember distinctly that, that, that choppy staccato rhythm is, is, was very, it took me a minute to get it. But now that we have it, it's, it's super fun because it's so punchy and it's, it, it, just, it just delivers on a lot of different levels. But it was, it was definitely hard for me personally to, to figure out how they got the sound so smooth. Well, let's uh, let's let people get a chance to to hear what that song's all about. This is Black Door by Blackbird Bridge.
And that was Black Door by Blackbird Bridge. You're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles, the podcast edition. We've got Blake, Troy, and Mike in the virtual studio with us today, and uh, we're talking a little bit about their live shows, talking about how some of their music came together. Um, you know, Blake, one of the things that I noticed about that song in particular um, is really emblematic of, of your sound is your vocals are almost like a percussive instrument in, in a lot of ways. Talk a little bit about how you bring a vocal line or a lyric to a song. Uh, I try not to pass out. Um, uh, when starting this thing, it was, uh, I guess, important that we, I think the three of us were solid as a band and didn't want to bring a fourth person in. So I thought, uh, you know, why not try to sing as well? Um, just to keep it all in house. It's, we've got, we've got all the tools here. All we have to do is just try to, to be a singer or something. So, Bringing, bringing any kind of lyrical acrobatics, or it, there's nothing to it. It's just basically rolling with the flow of how the band is going. Um, I'm, I'm not a singer, um, but I, I like to, to sing. But there's no real singing ability going on. There's just a lot of staccato rolling with... Uh, the band and every once in a while you find a little niche in a lyric that you can roll over what's going on underneath with the band that you know plays to the niche of like oh check it out he's he's singing or he's adding another element to it yeah okay that's cool but I'm just as we've always said trying to serve the song with another little nuance to the Blackbird Bridge vibe. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting I, I like that approach, you know, almost making the the vocal be a fourth instrument in the band. You know, and a lot of times, you know, there are bands that <clears throat> the lyric and the storytelling is the only thing, you know, and the music is really just an underpinning for that. But you guys really have incorporated it as, you know, a full on part of the orchestration almost. I mean, it's, it's kind of a cool way to approach it. The ability carries equal weight. You know, nobody, it's, it's, and it's kind of, kind of a, a methodology behind the band also. Nobody carries more weight than the other person. Everybody is, is every, everybody's instrument, even the vocals, they all, they're all on the same level. I don't, and I don't know if that doesn't make us dynamic or anything along those lines, but it's, it's every part is equally as important. My part is as important as Mike's is important as Blake's, as Blake's vocals are and then Mike's vocals are. But if you if you put everything out there and and you really listen to it for what it is, everybody and every part is sharing equally in, in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Three musketeers. That's, that's exactly it. That's right. And it's been kind of it's kind of funny because I don't think. Uh, 
you know, any of us have really sung before, so it was a little hard to figure out how to play and sing at the same time, or grunt or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so it was a little bit of challenging at first. Well, it's uh, you've obviously built it to a place where it works uh, really well with uh, with the music. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, you, we've talked a lot about evolution during the conversation and how organic your your creative process is. Um, are there some elements of what you're doing today that you would point to specifically as as major changes in your style over the years? Wow, good question. Well, I think we're, we're 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 getting a little bit. Um, it's easier for us to kind of find things that work together. I think, um, mm-hmm. and but uh, it, it, it's in no way really kind of narrowed what we bring into it. Um, but we're so I think our our uh, songwriting has has gotten better and and a little more interesting. I, I would say. No, so we're we're better. I I can say personally that. Having come from you know a decade hiatus and playing to 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 where I am now, I am a better drummer now than I think that I've ever been, and and I think some of that has to do with personal maturing and just the way you relearn material when you're older. But playing with Blake and playing with Mike, it it forces me to keep up both physically and 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 technically and, and understanding what I'm playing and how I play and what that brings to it. Um, I think the music has made us be better, better musicians as a whole. So the better you are at something, the more fun you can have with it. And I think that that comes out in, in our writing because it's, it's, it's actually a fun process creating this stuff and working with these guys. So there's all those elements that come from just spending time together and playing music together and getting better together um, makes it a lot more enjoyable further down the road compared to where we were like the first month in where you're just trying to create some material. Now Mm -hmm. there's a lot of it's less forced. It just kind of, it just kind of happens naturally and we encourage one another, um, we, we can we encourage each other to to bring everything that you possibly can to something, and if you have an idea, we we do our best to exploit that in its entirety. Um, and if it's something that's going to work, then it works. And if it's something that doesn't work, doesn't mean that it's never going to be there again. But we we we're getting very good at quickly deciding what's going to work, what's not going to work. I think just playing together as a band as a whole has made us better musicians. And like I said, the the, the better you become at it, the more fun it is. It sounds like you guys are working on some new stuff then. Constantly. Have you gotten some things ready that you're uh, starting to think about recording again? Yeah, we there's quite a bit actually. Uh, we just have to get in there and do it. Yeah, this whole uh, this whole COVID thing, obviously, for a band that relies so heavily on on being in the room together to create, uh, this has got to throw in a serious wrench in your works. You uh, can't even imagine. But, uh, I miss my I miss my boys. Yeah, I miss yeah, my right. boys. I, mean, I miss my schedule. Um, yeah. I look forward to getting together and tweaking and retweaking on uh, the stuff that we're working on and stuff that we 
plan to work on and uh it's uh it's hard it's hard for everybody right now yeah, yeah is there a, is there a chance that you guys could uh do anything virtually whether it's you know uh working together uh on on new stuff or presenting music to to the fans I know for myself I've been internalizing how uh, you know that this the new program out there that's Zoom that lets everybody virtual conferencing and there's these colleges that have had their whole art department or their whole orchestra uh kind of log in and play their part it's I'm just wondering if that's something that we could try to do um, but they would have to have their gear everybody would have to have their own gear because I mean I'm in the I'm in the studio right now um, personally working on things that I want to try to record maybe send to them to let them do their creative process to it and hopefully kind of write something different because it'll be all segmented where if I write a part I don't know what you're going to put to it until I hear what you've done with what I presented to you. So it's, it's, I, I think there's some opportunities there. We just have to explore them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely a new way of doing, uh, doing work for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy for everybody right now, but you know, I'm hopeful that you, that you guys are able to find a way to take advantage of that because, uh, you know, not having more new Blackbird Bridge stuff would be would be a real disappointment to a lot of people, myself included. Agreed. Yeah, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably, probably the so, longest of the three of us have, have spoken to each other in weeks, actually, <laughs> right, right now. Wow. Well, uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed uh, hanging out with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so very, very much. Absolutely. Yeah. So where, where do we send people to learn more about you uh, in the meantime? Well, you can always uh, get at us on the Blackbird Bridge Facebook page. There's also the Blackbird Bridge Band Instagram you can follow. Um, and what, what would you yeah. say in the, in the short term are the, the most important things that people can do to support you and other bands uh, right now. Wash your hands. <laughs> right. Not touching your face. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Right on. Don't go out don't don't go outside uh and and play touch football or anything like that. And just stay healthy, stay safe and know that, you know, it may sound cliche, but we love you, we respect you and we wanna see the Flock Nation grow strong and want everyone to be safe. And, and get there together. Yeah, and without question, we will be back with a vengeance. I think all oh, yeah. time is going to do something that it's, you know, you got to take the positives with, with, every, with every opportunity and every situation. And I think because we haven't been able to do what we normally do, it, it's creating this, for me personally, it's creating this, oh, I just want to get at something. So mm -hmm. I think we'll, we'll be able to bring that energy of having not been able to, to play um, together through no fault of our own. Um, it'll come back with a new ferocity. Well, nice. I can't wait to hear that, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited to hear that as well. Gentlemen, Blake, Mike, and Troy, it's been fantastic having you here on Blast Beats and Bicycles, and I hope you have a good uh, rest of your weekend. You as right, well. You Thank you so very much again. Thank you so much. Take care.